Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On Wax 104.5 on this spooktacular Monday morning. (laughs) Okay, so as many people know, I have kids. (laughs) And Jill, you're looking at me like I'm really weird because you're like judging my costume. I am not judging a (laughs) costume. Do you want to tell everyone what I look like right now? Well, (gasps) (laughs) you have a dinosaur hat on. (laughs) I do. So it makes me laugh every time I look at you. It's a velociraptor. Her name is, or actually his name is Blue or her name is Blue. It's a girl. Blue. Of course it's a girl. You know, yes. I'm not going to be the one to check, though. (laughs) Well, no, it's just a headpiece. (laughs) (laughs) But we are going to have some fun this morning. You might hear a little bit of sound effect every once in a while like that. Um, Not too often, though. Just for fun. It's Monday and it's Halloween. Well, Jill, you had a busy week last week. Catch us up. What went on? Where were you? And what'd you learn? I immersed myself in agriculture down at the 95th National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. I got to see so many um, members go across the stage that were national qualifiers and national winners. I got, I was able to listen to the retiring addresses of all the national officers and Boy, the messages that they had was something else. And if you were wondering, those retiring addresses and all those sessions are out on FFA.org. Oh, so we can still see the sessions here on them. Um, so even if we couldn't be there. Absolutely. Oh, that's nice to know. What, what is that website again? FFA.org. FFA.org. Got yes. It. And it's it was amazing. And that's one of the things I talked about a little bit when I was down there and and kind of perusing because it used to be it was a one and done for these retiring addresses and for the keynote speakers but now they're recorded and um i'm a little biased too but my uh (laughs) my niece courtney zimmerman put on a fantastic retiring address if you get a chance to go out there and listen to it or watch it 
because the graphics that are behind it, which the graphics and part of the graphics team is my nephew, Aaron Zimmerman. Okay. And it was, it was just fantastic. It was so heartfelt and it was just, she told her story and it was so good. And my sister-in-law, Cheryl Zimmerman is the national FFA advisor. She put on a speech and I kind of teased her a little bit because she'd walk through the the mall, the FFA mall, and she'd get stopped and people were taking her pictures and she was signing autographs. And that's something she's not used to. Yeah. So it was just really, it was really neat to see. And she just so reachable and she was out in the crowd. She was up on the stage dancing with the kids. And that's what's important. Absolutely. Wow, what a great experience. So if you haven't gotten a chance to get down there, what do you recommend to kids who are wondering about, should I get involved in FFA? It's worth it just to go to the convention. Absolutely. It doesn't mean, you don't have to be on a farm. FFA is so much more than sows, plows, and cows. <laughs> what uh, the kind of the saying is. And it, it is farming yet, mm-hmm. but it, the and part of it, you've got your and, your science, and your research, and your there's just so many different aspects. It's the leadership part of it. It's the learning. It's the teamwork. And dive into it because it's so worthwhile. Well, excellent. I can't wait to hear more. We're actually going to be hearing from a couple people we down are. at the convention here coming up after a little bit. Yes. They were part of the National Agri-Science Fair. And what they do is they do an experiment. And then they fill out a board and report all their findings. And there was even some some of the members that got to put their experiment on down at Nationals. Ooh, that's exciting. But a lot of a lot of that stuff is done virtually. I think it's just because of the what the, you need to get it all put together and then judged and everything. But the new Auburn FFA, there's a lot of members that ended up down at Nationals for their agri-science fair stuff well we'll be hearing from them on this spectacular monday <laughs> morning we're at 32 degrees right now looking at sunny and 64 wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report it's gonna be a beautiful halloween day we're looking at a high of 64 degrees and sunny tonight mostly clear in 36 so when you're out and about with the kiddos going to be a beautiful night so enjoy it get out there spend some time and if you're out driving be careful again if you're going to be out and about tonight driving around the kids will be out it is trick-or-treating and each town has different hours i know some of them are starting at 4 30 and going till 6 30 some are going 4 30 to 7 30 nilsville's 5 30 to 7 30 so they're all different so just be aware the kids are going to be out and about tonight and they're young. They don't always look left and right, so you got to be watching for them. It's very important. But right now, it is 5.01 on 104.5 FM. WAXX Eau Claire. It's time to check in this morning with some national news. New York City is settling lawsuits brought by the two men exonerated last year for the 1965 killing of Malcolm X. Andrew Whitman reports. The city will pay Mohammed Aziz and the family of Khalil Islam $26 million for the wrongful convictions that led to both men spending decades behind bars. New York State will pay an additional $10 million. They and a third man were convicted of Malcolm X's murder in 1966 and sentenced to life in prison, but that other man insisted he had acted alone. They were paroled in the 1980s but kept working to clear their names. That finally happened last year. Khalil Islam died in 2009. 
Seoul's popular Itaewon Entertainment District was severely overcrowded the night of the deadly stampede. South Korea-based reporter Thomas Maresca described the chaotic scene in the capital city. Too many people trying to fit into two smallest spaces, narrow alleys behind me. Tens of thousands of people were there. The death toll stands at over 150 people after a stampede during Halloween festivities Saturday night. That number included two Americans. NBA player Kyrie Irving is denying claims he's anti-Semitic after an offensive tweet. The Brooklyn Nets player faced backlash on Thursday when he shared a link to a documentary that's been harshly criticized for its anti-Semitic messages. Both the basketball team and its owner have released statements saying the Brooklyn Nets have no tolerance for the promotion of any form of hate speech. Black Adam remains the number one movie in the U.S. and Canada. The DC Comics adaptation starring The Rock earned nearly $28 million in its second week in North America's theaters. Coming in second is the Julia Roberts-George Clooney rom-com Ticket to Paradise with $10 million. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I'm down here at the 95th National FFA Convention. I caught up with some chapter members that got to go up on the big stage from New Auburn FFA. Katie Reimer went across that stage along with Cole Peterson. Now, you guys got to come down and participate in the National AgriScience Fair in the Environmental Services and Natural Resources Systems. Katie, can you tell me about your project that came down here? Yes, yeah, so our project was taking green filter strips and putting them on the side of a model bridge and pouring a contaminated solution over the top of that bridge to see how much the filters would filter out. This isn't a little bit of a one and done. How much time did you put into putting this all together? We put in three, four months of this, did one full day of testing, and then we had a week to compile all of our data and put it onto our board. As I mentioned, I have coal here. So coming down to nationals, you don't get to just choose to come down here. What were some of the competitions like before you got down here? Um, Well, for state, we had to present in front of three judges, which was really exciting because we got to see their feedback and we got to hear notes and we got their feedback in written form which was really nice so we could improve and then for nationals we presented virtually which was nice because we also got their feedback from that too and then we came down here for nationals walked across stage and got our award and that award where did you place in the nation now and this is in division six we placed fifth congratulations you've got awfully big smiles let's look a little bit ahead into next year you going to do something like this again? Yes, I would love to do another project in this same division and system, and I love doing this and working with Cole. And Cole, Katie was a little bit of the spearhead, but you're going to bring some of your ideas in? and Yeah, I would say that Katie definitely did lead a lot of this project with coming up with really good ideas for what direction we should take it, and I mostly helped with doing the testing and the procedures and acting out some of her leadership. Well, congratulations for making it down to the National FFA Convention here in Indianapolis. And that was Katie and Cole from the New Auburn FFA. And I'm Joe Welke. And boy, they really have their stuff together. And I want to thank the H&S Manufacturing and Nasonville Dairy for sponsoring all my broadcasts that I was down there for. And 
We're going to be looking at some more of the news. And part of our news is, well, a lot of our news is from the <laughs> National FFA Convention. I would but, say three quarters of our news today is the National FFA Convention. <laughs> but it's it's so appropriate because it's a big deal. There was over 69,000 members and guests down there. That's amazing. So it was, and it's, it just, like I said, you really, if you go, you really get immersed in agriculture and you just see so many different aspects. But as we're going to talk about, have some more stories, but we're going to do that after the markets. Sounds good. And we got to check in with some weather, so that'll be coming in next. Thanks so much, Jill. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at our weather this morning. It looks like we're going to have treats, no tricks. We're looking at a sunny day today with a high of 64. Tonight is going to be mostly clear in 36. Tomorrow, sunny with a few clouds with a high of 68 degrees. Tomorrow night, mainly clear in 46. Wednesday, get ready for this. Mostly sunny in 72, Jill's favorite weather. Wednesday night, we're going to have partly cloudy and a low of 55. Temperatures around the area right now, we're at 34 degrees up in Medford. La Crosse is at 40. Marshfield at 39. Green Bay, 45 degrees. Rice Lake, 33. Wausau's at 42. Madison at 44. Milwaukee, 52 degrees. And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're 20 degrees cooler than Milwaukee. We're at 32 degrees. But we'll have more weather coming up after 5.30. But right now, we've got markets to get to. And this morning's markets, they'll be brought to you by... Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And this morning's markets will be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, lead us off. What's going on on your side? I have the cash livestocks numbers. Choice-fed beef steers are 130 to 141. Choice-fed beef heifers are 130 to 140. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 125 to 140 with select and silage-fed steers 92 to 124. Cows are 64 to 91 with bulls at 82 to 105. Butcher hogs are 62 to 94 with sows at 53 to 62. Boars are 15 to 34. Shorn market lambs are a dollar to a dollar five. Unshorn market lambs are 95 to a dollar five and feeder lambs are 75 to 165. Excellent. Thank you so much. And looking at the mercantile exchange, we've got live cattle for October, the last day. 15037, that's down a dollar two. December's at 153, that's down 42 cents. February's at 156.32, that's down 52 cents. Feeder cattle for November's at 177.87, down a quarter. January's at 180.37, down seven. And March is at 182.57, that's up 12 cents. Lean hogs for December's at 86.10, that's up 97. February's at 88.85, up 70. April's at 92.70, up 57 cents. Switching over to the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your December corn. Great overnight, up 18 cents to 6.98. December oats up 15 cents to 3.82. November beans up 9 cents to 13.97. December soybean meal was up $4.30 a ton to 4.29.70 a ton. December wheat was up 49 cents to 8.78. Switching over to the dairy side, barrel cheese was unchanged on Friday to $1.92 and a half. Your blocks were unchanged to $1.96. Double A grade butter was down a half a cent to three fourteen, and your class three futures for October were unchanged at twenty one eighty three. November down eighteen cents to twenty twenty one. December though up a penny eighteen eighty one. January down a penny at eighteen ninety. February down a nickel at nineteen twenty two. And then those markets were trending downward for two thousand twenty three, but not bad. 
So hopefully those markets will turn around for us at the end of the month. On Wax 104.5, we're 17 minutes after 5 o'clock. And Jill, we've got a couple news stories on the National FFA Convention. Catch me up on one of them. The 95th National FFA Convention in Indianapolis wrapped up on Saturday with Secretary Jackson Sylvester announcing a new record attendance of 69,597 members and guests in attendance. President Cole Bearlocker delivered his retiring address with the theme of You Belong Here. The 2021-2022 National FFA officers retired their officer jackets for alumni sports jackets after installing the 2022-2023 National Officer Team, which consists of Andrew Seibel from Virginia was selected as president, Jessica Herr from Pennsylvania as the new secretary, Gracie Murphy from Illinois is the Eastern Region Vice President. Central Region Vice President is Karsten Cantrell from Oklahoma. McKenna Clifton from North Carolina is the new Southern Region Vice President. And the Western Region Vice President is Ryan Williamson from Texas. That's amazing. Great stuff, Jill. Those and, guys are going to do a great job. Oh, and they're so excited. It's it's really kind of neat to see them go up there, and they're they're so emotional and <laughs> so excited, and they jump around and hug each other, and and they really want it. It's what they're tr- striving for, and it's just they're going to do a great job. Oh, and we've got more FFA news coming up after a little bit here. Yes, we do. Excellent. Well, right now we're going to switch over and get a chance to catch up with Bob. And speak with Jim Sleeper with the National Milk Producers Federation. Hopefully we got some good news there and we'll learn about our Class 3 futures, what's going on with milk, where is it going, and what we can do different. That's coming up on Wax. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Not many of us were around in the Depression, but federal milk marketing orders were, and they still are, in the same form. Some dairy industry folks want to change all that, and the dairy industry in general would like to upgrade that. We're going to talk today with Jim Sleeper, and Jim has been in the dairy industry all his life. He is now working as a retired consultant with the National Milk Producers Federation. And, uh, Jim, you have a history in the dairy industry down in the southeast, right? That's correct, as well as other parts of the country as well throughout my career. So you know about federal milk marketing orders. A meeting a week or two ago in Kansas City designed to talk about potential changes. I guess first question, they've been around since the Depression. Is it possible to change federal milk marketing orders? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, We at National Milk strongly support the federal milk marketing order program. The program is a key in fair market-based farm pricing, and we realize and recognize the importance of federal orders for dairy farmers throughout the many, many years that they have uh, been with us. So it's our view that because we haven't seen many changes in the federal order program, especially since the year 2000, the program is so important to the dairy producer community We just need to look at modernizing, and that's the key term that we have been using. We're not looking at an overhaul um, by any means, the imagination. What we are doing is taking a comprehensive look at the program through National Milk economists that I'm working with, as well as the Economic Policy Committee, 
to make sure that we modernize the federal order to meet the current uh, changes that have occurred within the dairy industry, Bob. And we know the changes have been uh, many over the last few years, but the federal milk marketing orders haven't come along. Federal milk marketing orders, as you well know, Jim, don't cover all the milk. Uh, They're not all that transparent. So how do we start? And uh, whose attention do we have to get? Because the dairy industry knows changes are needed. Yes, you're absolutely correct. That, uh, you know, it's a complex system to begin with. Uh, They've been with us for many, many years. Uh, Haven't changed, as I indicated earlier, um, the last several years. The last time we saw federal order reform was the year in 2000. But let me go back to the Kansas City meeting specifically. I applaud the American Farm Bureau Federation for hosting this particular meeting because it was a meeting in which uh, collaboration efforts are occurring. And when I say collaboration efforts, well, everybody was involved uh, in terms of uh, we had dairy processors, we had many dairy farmers, which I was absolutely delighted to see, we had USDA personnel. We had academia. We had uh, just a whole host of various stakeholders. And I think that's where it really needs to start out. National Milk has also been working on this particular task force that I'm leading since January. And we've held dozens of meetings with some of the dairy economists, uh, especially within the co-op ranks, where we're doing a deep dive, looking at those uh, provisions within the federal order that need to be modernized. And I'm sure the next question you're going to be asking, well, what are some of the areas that we're working on? Well, we're taking a look at uh, Class 1 pricing, Class 2, Class 3, and Class 4 pricing specifically, looking at maybe modifying uh, the Class 1 mover, which is a controversial topic right now. So we're looking at a whole host and a variety of different areas that we believe need to be modernized. And I think that's what we really need to do as well, is educate individuals of how the federal order works and what areas we all need to work collectively together. That gets me back to the American Farm Bureau collaborative effort that they held in Kansas City. Jim, as we look at all these efforts to modernize federal milk marketing orders, we've known it's needed change and modernization for a long, long time. Were there any specific proposals that came out of this meeting in Kansas City? Because if you can get the dairy industry united, because around the country it's a whole lot different industry. It's not like selling corn or soybeans. Do we have any specific proposals we can work on or just an agreement that some modernization needs to happen? Well, I think there's uh, things going on in two levels. One is a meeting like we had in Kansas City where we can all agree on the major tenets that we need to work on. When I say the major tenets, well, I'm talking about uh, continuing the federal order program itself, continuing uh, the various price surveys and so forth that are occurring within the federal order that determine uh, you know, the milk prices for dairy farmers as well as the class prices for processors. But, yes, uh, National Milk, as I mentioned, has been working on some specific proposals. We talked about those in detail in Kansas City. I don't think the time permits for us to get into, uh, you know, the extreme details on them. But as an example, and as I indicated, uh, one of the proposals National Milk is going to be carrying forward 
to its board of directors meeting, which will be finalizing these particular proposals here at its annual meeting in Denver next week, would be the class one mover, where we're very much supportive of going back and reverting back to the higher of. We're also looking at, as an example, requiring USDA, giving them the authorization of doing plant cost studies to ensure we uh, have the make allowances. I know it's getting into some complexities here and so forth, trying to articulate them uh, through this uh, media, but trying to change those make allowances on a more frequent basis because they have not been updated in 15 years. Again, National Milk is working into several other proposals that we're looking at. We're looking at extending some of the reporting dates of non-fat dry milk, dry whey products. And anyway, we're looking to better met the entire federal order program, but we're really putting the emphasis because I am working on PIF and National Milk, looking at it from the producer point of view, making sure that uh, uh, the things we're working on will assist dairy farmers as well as the entire industry. And let me stress that. And producers, of course, are concerned they say they don't really understand the milk checks with everything that's in there. Class two, class three, the pooling in and out of the order as they see fit. You know, some of these things are uh, beyond producers' control, and I think that's where the frustration is really coming among producers. Yes, I would absolutely agree. There's a couple areas that are really um, a center point for dairy farmers, one of which is uh, transparency and how uh, pricing works and so forth. Another is the deep pooling concept that has been with us for the last uh, several years, um, for a period of time, especially highlighted during the pandemic period. In terms of the first one, transparency, uh, I think part of it is just a matter of lack of education. We need to make sure that dairy farmers fully understand, uh, and we need to do a better job in how milk is priced. It's still uh, priced based upon supply and demand. But I would also say, you know, in terms of that milk check, well, it is uh, much more complex than what it was before component pricing. And we just need to make sure that dairy farmers understand and with their respective entities in which they receive their milk check, how that milk check is comprised and how producers are paid. And the depooling aspect, well, that's one of those areas that I think needs to be looked at on a region-by-region basis because each federal order is different than one another. But it's near and dear to dairy producers. I can fully understand that. And dairy farmers uh, need to have a better understanding of how to modify so less depooling occurs here in the future as we move forward. As we move forward, uh, what is the talk? Are we going to get something done? I can't imagine it can be done by a 2023 farm bill. That has to be done over and above that. More meetings? Are we going to involve the Congress? Uh, hopefully not. But uh, what about USDA? How do we go forward with changing, fed- updating federal milk marketing orders, Jim? And we will hear more about that. If you want to learn more, Jill, how do they get to hear the entire interview on our website? Where do they got to go? I will put it on the interview tab. So go to the WAX website, click down to Midwest Farm Report, and you just scroll on down and you'll find it on the interview tab. And I'll title it, oh, probably with his name, which you have the paper. Yep, Jim Sleeper with the National Milk Producers Federation. And then you can learn a whole bunch more. So go to the WAX website and Midwest Farm Report, and then down to the interview tab. Excellent. 
That's excellent, excellent. And good news. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. All right. Well, we got to keep moving along. We've got your morning markets. We're going to be heading over to our scary person at the Premier Livestock Barn, Rocky Olson. He's coming in next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's 532. Time to head over to the Premier Livestock Barn and check in with Rocky Olson. Good morning, Rocky. I like that Dracula voice there. I, that you like cool. that? I really yeah. liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, being now are you dressing up as Dracula then? Uh, no. What? No, I'm just myself. So you're just in like an auctioneer running auction barn? Yep, yep, oh, livestock we... guy slash hunter. Oh, I like it. Okay, well, as long as you put on something like an orange hat today, I'm set. There you go. All right, well, Rocky, catch us up. What's going on over at Premier? Uh, thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how the uh, last week's auction shaped up here at Premier. We did sell right at 3,000 head. Uh, fed cattle market steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers from 125 to 141. Low choice and selects 114 to 124. Choice beef steers and heifers 127 to 143. Market cows traded steady. High yielding cows from 72 to 84. Most cows 58 to 71. Market bulls high yielding from ninety to a dollar eight. Uh, lower yielding bulls eighty nine and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. High yielding cows from eighty five to a dollar twelve. Lower yielding lightweight eighty four and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves. Uh, once again, we sold over a thousand newborn calves. Uh, sold from eighty five to one hundred and fifty dollars per head, with a few above. Uh, this week uh, are the beef calves uh, from 125 to 400. Uh, this week at Premier Tuesday, we get our special feeder cattle auction. This week, uh, we're expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle, and we're going to have about 100 bred beef cows. If you're bringing bred beef cows in, uh, they do need to be in tomorrow morning by 9 a.m. Or uh, cattle are welcome to come this evening. We do feed and water the cattle overnight at no charge. Then Wednesday, uh, we got a tremendous uh, quality dairy cattle auction. We got three complete herd dispersals. We got a good herd of 100 parlor freestall cows, all Holsteins, 40 years of AI. Uh, we got herd number two. We got a registered uh, Holstein and Red Holstein tie stall herd. Very, very deep pedigreed herd. Full catalog, multi generation catalog is on our website. And we have another herd of tie stall cows. Uh, and they are a freestall and parlor milk, so very adaptable herd there. Uh, many loads of top-notch parlor freestall cows from some of our top consigners. Got a lot of them, uh, 90 to 135-pound kind, fancy, fancy kind of cows. Full details uh, at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier 715-229-2500. Uh, reminder, advertising deadline for machinery, uh, that's going to be this week. Uh, so if you got equipment in, get it in by Wednesday if you want to get it in the papers or give us a call. Uh, let us know what you got here. And uh, next Monday, that will be the last day for consignments. Uh, now there is a chance we could fill up on small items this week, so please call ahead. And uh, like I said, communications key, so any any questions, call us, 715-229-2500. And Jill, that's the way you or Kristen, that's the way it shaped up. Well, I didn't dress up as Jill today. <laughs> <laughs> But that's well, okay. Close. You're both you're both there. Exactly. We're we're wax personnel. Yep. All right. Sounds good, Rocky. Will you have a great Halloween? Bring me some candy. All right, there you go. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. There he goes, Rocky Olson over at the Premier Livestock this morning. And now we actually have to check in with some weather. Let's head over and see if our forecast is going to be 
fantastic. How's it going? Good. How you doing, Kristen? I'm doing good. How are you? I, I am good. The uh, the fantastic. I just had that on one of my graphics, too. So. I know. You need a flashlight under your chin, though, so it looks more spooky when you're giving the forecast. Wait, you... You didn't, weren't able to see it that well? No. Oh, I did have a flashlight under there, but it was I guess it wasn't that bright. I'll have to check and see how many lumens this thing actually puts out. <laughs> but uh, uh yeah, it is going to be a not so spooky forecast today aside from the fact that we have a little bit of patchy fog in the early going, but that'll lead to more sunshine going into the afternoon and mid 60s for our highs by the time the kiddos head out, probably into the low 60s. And by the time they head inside to count some of that candy, whether it is the kids or the adults, uh, temperatures will be mostly into the low 50s and potentially some upper 40s. Mainly clear through the overnight, dipping to around the 40-degree mark. Tomorrow, a good bit of sunshine again. Upper 60s, still a bit of a light wind into the early afternoon. But later in the afternoon, that's when those winds will start to pick up a little bit more. More sunshine and breezy conditions for Wednesday, getting into the low 70s for highs and mid-50s for lows with mostly cloudy skies going into Wednesday night. Thursday, we'll have a good bit of cloud cover. That'll keep our temperatures only a few degrees cooler, still getting into the upper 60s. By Friday, that's when we have a better chance at some showers moving through, and that'll bring our temperatures down to the low 50s, potentially some upper 40s for the highs, too. And we'll hold on to those cooler temperatures, or should I say more seasonal uh, temperatures going into the weekend with a lot of low 50s. But right now, we have some fog in Eau Claire, but otherwise, mostly clear skies and a temperature of 31 degrees. Hey, that's not a bad forecast. I think everyone's going to enjoy trick-or-treating tonight. Absolutely, and I think that rain that's heading our way going into the weekend for a very moisture-starved area, I think that we can all agree that uh, we certainly need that. Hey, at least it's not tonight. That is a good point. So did you see my costume today? I saw the Velociraptor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my son was actually okay with me taking it. It's actually his. Oh. Um, And he's like, Mom, it won't fit you, and there's actually an adjustment strap on there, and you can turn (laughs) off the sound, and I'm like all excited for it, but I couldn't read. I can see through it, but it's hard to hold up my paper so I can give the news. Yeah. So I had to take it off so I could actually see what I was doing. (laughs) That's fair. I'll give you a pass on that one. Okay. You know, otherwise it's hard to memorize that whole thing. You've got a point there. (laughs) Well, thank you for an excellent forecast. Don't eat too much candy, and we'll catch you later. No promises on the eating too much candy, but you have a great day, Kristen. (laughs) You too. There he goes. Our Skyborn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria joins us this morning. 31 degrees in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. Our weather, brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's that time of the morning to check in with some news. We're going to head over to Morgan McCarthy and see what's going on with Morgan. And happy Halloween, Morgan. But catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom this morning? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Boo! I'm plugging into this Halloween and coming out of your weekend. We start with headlines near to us. Investigators in St. Croix County are looking at a deadly wreck as drunk driving case. As the Wisconsin State Patrol says a Minnesota woman is in custody after a crash that happened about 1230 yesterday morning on I-94 in Hudson. Troopers say she was driving the wrong way on I-94 when she smashed into a car being driven by another Minnesota man. The crash closed the interstate for about three hours early yesterday morning. The woman is in jail in St. Croix County. 
County. In the Fond du Lac area, there's search for a missing guns after a burglary at a fleet farm. It happened Friday night at the city's southwest side. As investigators say, it looks like the suspect cut a hole in a fence, broke into the store, and stole several guns and boxes of ammunition. Police are looking for a light-colored Pontiac Aztec in connection to that case. While well, the political stage heated up, we'll show you different sides so you can decide. Former President Barack Obama in the state over the weekend to support Democrats, and he went hard after U.S. Senator Ron Johnson on the issue of Social Security. Sounded like this. If he understands giving tax breaks for private planes more than he understands making sure that seniors who've worked all their lives are able to retire with dignity and respect, he's not the person who's thinking about you and knows you and sees you, and he should not be your senator from Wisconsin. Obama rallied at Milwaukee's North Division High School over the weekend for Johnson's opponent, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, Governor Tony Evers, and Attorney General Josh Call. When it comes to Johnson, we'll show you different sides so you can decide. As he says, if Republicans gain control of the U.S. Senate, he'll be in line to chair the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, and he'd be busy, he also said. I've, I've never asked for anybody's endorsement. Uh, happy to have people's endorsement. I obviously want as much support as possible, but uh, I'm running as the candidate, and I'm trying to appeal to as many Wisconsin and voters as possible so they recognize that you know under democrat control uh this has been a disaster. Johnson faces Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes in his campaign for a third term in Senate as Election Day is one week from tomorrow. Well, the Pack's losing streak is now at four games. If you turn that off early to get some sleep and you're waking up to that losing score, Green Bay did lose to the Bills 27-17. That was, of course, that Sunday night game. Next up, they take on the Lions. They'll be on the road Sunday. And on this uh, Halloween, maybe you want to put your eyes to the sky. UFO reports are in... A public report released last year revealed over 100 unexplained UFO incidents between 2004 and 2021, igniting theories about aliens from other planets. Now, as intelligence agencies prepare to update that report to Congress on Monday, the New York Times reports that most of these incidents are attributed to countries attempting to spy on the U.S. or things like weather balloons, commercial drones, and optical illusions. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, I'm used to seeing the cows and the occasional stray barn cat, but today there's a velociraptor behind the mic as we go back to the barn with Kristen Jill and the Midwest <laughs> Farm Show Halloween edition on Wax 104.5. <laughs> Thanks so much, Morgan. And Morgan is dressed up today as a news person. Ooh, who would have thought? She's very spooky. Well, Jill, you know, I liked how they said the UFO sightings. You know, when you look at the sky this morning, I actually did see a falling star. I saw one yesterday. Did you make your wish on yours? I did. Good. Did I did you too. Make, I, but you're not going to tell me, are you? No, because what? if you tell you, it doesn't come true. I know. Everyone's always asking, like, oh, what's your wish? You can't say. No, it's but a surprise. I did do something really cool with the kids this weekend. So Beaver Creek Reserve, you know, just outside of Fall Creek. Yep. They have that Hobbs Observatory. So I actually took the kids there this weekend, and we got to see Jupiter in the telescopes, Saturn, the moon, uh, a globular cluster, all this cool stuff. We actually got to see it like in the telescopes. That's really cool. Oh, the kids loved it. It was so fun and informational, like how far away Jupiter really is from Earth and how far Saturn is. Well, now is a really neat time of the year, too, because you can see all those planets. Yeah. I have an app on my phone, so I, I, uh, I can kind of peg them, but I like using the app because it tells me some more, and, and I'm... Correct in my planet placement. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, that's high end. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, it's something, if you get a chance, 
even I, it, you don't have to be a kid. You can be any age to go to this observatory. And well, I think this is their end of their season now, so you have to wait till next year. But you got to plan ahead, and it was a lot of fun. Well, and it's just so interesting just to see and think. And I like it because you think beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Yeah, how big is our space? Yep, <laughs> there's a lot of it. But we got to keep moving along. We've got your morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. Good morning, Jim. Catch us up. How'd the sale go on Friday? Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar forty to a dollar ninety-five. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy-five. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar twenty to a dollar ninety-two. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar ten to a dollar sixty-nine. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar five to a dollar forty-nine. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, ninety-five to a dollar forty-seven. Our next special feeder sale is next Friday, November fourth. This will be our special red-hided sale, also featuring bred beef cows. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thank you so much. And now we're going to head over to the spooky Stratford Equity Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Gerald, good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you. And uh, while well, I happen to uh, uh, put up uh, Channel 13 before when you were doing your report, what kind of a get-up have you got on today? <laughs> so it's from Jurassic World, and I am Blue the Velociraptor. It's actually my son's, and he was nice enough to let me borrow it today. And, yeah, it's a dinosaur head. Oh well, do you have the? Do you wear that when you're driving down the road? I think that would. Be- <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be bad, but it is hard to see out of. You know, if you turn your head, it it does kind of block vision. So no, I can't drive with it. But oh man, if I could be a passenger and have Jill drive me around, oh, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'd even stick my head out the window like a dog. Well, you know what you should do is have have Jill get the uh, wax uh, truck, and then you could be a passenger and drive around. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> People would be calling Bob up, you know, what are those two ladies doing, you know? <laughs> hey, at least they'd be calling because they know they're listening. Yep. Well, anyway, before we do the markets, I just want to mention I ran into a young lady the other day, and uh, she was part of the judging team from uh, Marshall FFA, which did really well in uh, Indianapolis. So I don't know if you had a report on that or not. I wasn't oh, paying yeah. attention. Yep, we have to get yep. to that yet. Oh, all right. Well, then I better do what I'm supposed to be doing here. Uh, so, you ladies, uh, good morning, everybody, and thank you, uh, Kristen. And this is how the uh, market is going to be uh, this week here at Equity Stratford. And we've got a very busy marketing week on tap here, of course, today, Halloween. So, folks, do be careful. There's going to be a lot of trick-or-treaters probably after school. But anyway, we do get started this morning, uh, early this morning, with the market auction here at Equity Stratford. We sell market cows today, conventional-type market cows, fed cattle bulls. Baby calves today will be around 11.30. We've got a very busy Tuesday tomorrow here at Stratford. We do get started tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with hay and bedding auction. And, of course, we do have hay and bedding already for that sale tomorrow. And at the 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the dairy cattle auction. And, folks, we do have a complete herd dispersal of 40 registered Holstein milk cows, 10 shortbread heifers. Uh, again, a very nice herd of, co- uh, herd of cows here. And uh, along with the black and white Holsteins, there's going to be some red and whites. And uh, they're on official test, 4-3 fat, 3-1 protein. Uh, again, 100% AI bred, and so a very good opportunity for folks to uh, get some very good cows for, for your operation. Again, that's going to be at 11 o'clock tomorrow, complete herd dispersal here as part of the dairy auction. And after the dairy sale, we do sell market cows tomorrow, including organic.
organic market cows every Tuesday here at Stratford. And that'll all beat them. Uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, Wednesday, a full marketing day on Wednesday, including market cattle, baby calves. And we also are having a special red-hided feeder cattle sale on Wednesday this uh, week, uh, 12 noon start time feeder cattle auction. We've got a lot of cattle consigned for that sale. There's also going to be bred, uh, bred cows, bred heifers, bulls, along with the feeder cattle. So a good opportunity uh, if you're looking to sell some feeder cattle or if you're looking to buy. So, again, that'll be at Equity Stratford here on Wednesday, 12 noon, November 2nd. Again, uh, a lot of cattle consigned already. We are taking consignments daily. Our Thursday auction does start at 11. 11 o'clock. And again, if you got questions, call us up, 687-4101. And uh, I guess that's about all we have this morning. Just uh, uh, And we'll have, a, of course, a complete uh, outlook. Or, uh, we'll have a complete report tomorrow morning on what today's uh, market is doing. And so with that, now you girls behave today. And uh, uh, are you going to leave some candy for Bob? No. He didn't leave me <laughs> any candy. I'm not leaving him any candy. Oh, okay. I know. Right. I'm, well, I'm anyway. helping him watch his figure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you ladies have a nice day and a happy Halloween to everyone out there. But do be safe because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of youngsters out this afternoon and about and about. And the weather is just going to be, well, I guess we can't hardly really beat the weather, can we? Nope, not at all. Thanks so much, Jerry. You have a great day. You also. Nice talking to you, girls. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Stratford Equity Barn. Very spooky. And, Joe, before we continue on with our morning markets, you know, Jerry alluded to the Marshfield FFA but we've got Menominee FFA and all kinds of stuff. Catch me up on those. Many FFA members participate in the National Leadership Development Contest and Career Development events at the convention. And from our area, the Menominee FFA participate in the Parliamentary Procedure Contest, receiving a silver rating. Marshfield FFA had three different teams that competed at the national level. Code of Conduct, Forestry, and Dairy Cattle Management Evaluation with the dairy team winning fourth in the nation and Emma Bangart replacing sixth overall. Marshfield FFA also had a National Proficiency Award finalist in agricultural processing with Ethan Meisner bringing home first gold in that category. Great job to all the national qualifiers. That's amazing. And where's another, actually, another winner from our area, Claire Vow? From the Stevens Point FFA chapter, she took first place in Division 5 for the Agri-Science Fair in Plant Systems. So congratulations to her as well. Yes, it was. it's really neat to see them all go across that stage. That's amazing. I, we should almost video that and have, you know... Well, if you want to we'll see... We'll Photoshop it. you in, Jill. You can go across, too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was behind the stage, so I didn't need to go on the big stage. Nice. But if you want to see, the sessions are on FFA.org. Perfect. Sounds good. We've got stuff to keep going, though. We've got Morning Markets and our Alfalfa program coming up next. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Dan Undersander joins us again this morning. Dan, of course, State Forage Specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And Dan, the way the way this weather is, uh, we're the last day of October. It's Halloween. Been good enough. We might be tempted to go out and make more hay. Is that a possibility or just a, just uh, something to talk yeah. about? That's right, Bob. Uh, we do have the potential to uh, make some hay. Uh, a couple things to keep in mind. In most cases, we've had a, quote, killing frost of 32 degrees. 
Uh, alfalfa doesn't really go dormant until we have about four to six hours of 24 degrees. But at this point, whether it's dormant or not isn't really an important issue. The main thing is with alfalfa that we don't want to cut it and have it regrow to six or eight inches, use up root carbohydrates, and then not have that energy for growth in the spring. Uh, that kind of growth isn't going to occur anymore this year. So whether it's frozen or not isn't an issue. Go ahead and cut it. In fact, I like to do it when we have the best possible weather. And usually right after a frost is not good weather for uh, curing hay or hay leach in any way, shape, or form. If it's possible to leave a little bit of cutting height, uh, that's a good idea to catch and hold snow. Four inches is what we should be cutting at anyhow, three to four inches. Three if it's pure alfalfa or four if we have grass in there. The other thing to keep in mind is that any grassy fields, if we have over 50% grass, it's actually a good idea to cut those uh, fields for hay and try to have less than six inches of regrowth going into the winter. The reason is that alfalfa will stand up through the winter. We've all seen the stems sticking up through snow that was a foot or more deep. But grasses tend to lay down flat. They don't have any stems at this time of the year. And that uh, mat of the laid down grass uh, can have uh, diseases grow underneath it and actually can cause some stand thinning. So it's uh, good if we have a lot of grass in the field to cut it. Uh, and again, six inches will usually stand up, but if it's taller than that, it will lay down and make a mat. Uh, so yes, this is, again, everything's been unusual about this year, but it uh, is important to keep in mind that uh, while we often have good hay and haylage here across the state, uh, uh, hay is pretty high priced yet because its uh, production has been way down in the West and there would be opportunity to market hay if you don't need it yourself. So do think about uh, the potential for a harvest. Uh, kind of unusual, but it could work well this year. Some decisions to make as uh, Mother Nature, again, uh, causes us to think. Dan Undersander with us again, our state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Thank you so much, Bob. And now we're going to check in one last time on our Halloween markets. We've got on the Chicago Board of Trade, December corn up 18 cents. No trick there. December oats up 15 cents at 382. November beans up nine at 1397. December soybean meal up $4.30 at 42970 a ton. December wheat up 49 cents to 878. On the dairy side, barrel cheese unchanged at $1.92 and a half. Your box unchanged at $1.96. Your double A grade butter down a half a cent to 314. Class three futures for October unchanged at 2183. November down 18 cents to 2021. December up a penny at 1881. January down a penny at 1890. February down a nickel to 1922. And those markets were downward 
through next year. Country elevators in the area. Golden Plump in Arcadia is at six fifty nine for corn. Baldwin and Mondovi six forty four for corn. Thirteen twelve for beans. Durand's at six thirty four and thirteen oh two. Elmwood is at six forty four and thirteen seventeen. Fall Creek is at six twenty nine and twelve seventy seven. Osseo's at six forty nine for corn. Thirteen seventeen for beans. Elk Mound six forty four and thirteen twenty two. Sparta six forty seven and thirteen oh six. Ellsworth's at six twenty four and twelve sixty two. Wheat and grain six forty four for corn. Thirteen thirty seven for beans. Ethanol plants we got Boyceville six forty eight. Stanley six fifty. New Richmond six forty nine. It's a Monday morning. It's Halloween. Have a safe and wonderful day. Jill, don't eat too much candy. I won't promise anything. Oh, there she goes. It is a spooky day. Enjoy the weather. High today, 64.